Oh God! It talks. That was horrible. It does. Is it a is that a bear? Is it a beaver? What is it? Uh, it's Craig. Yeah, but what the fuck is Craig? Well, you know the game The Forest. Uh, he's an extra chromosome. <laughs> According. I hate seeing Craig with the status listening to your conversation. Leave Craig alone. He's out here trying to help us out, and you're giving him shit. Listen, Craig was struggling. He needed a job. We're helping him out. Just hop off his jock. He's doing what he's got to do. Being creepy as fuck. Providing a service. Welcome to the United States Paranormal Podcast. Sit down and buckle up for a lightning ride through everything cryptid, creepy, and paranormal. Welcome back, all you hitchers and drifters, to the United States of Paranormal, the podcast that's louder than God's revolver and twice as shiny. It's your boy, Logan, the artist formerly known as Nagel. Uh, surrounded by my uh, co-workers and loved ones to the metaphorical right of me. It is Matt. Hey, what up? And to the metaphorical right of Matt, it's Biggity Bows. What up? How's everybody doing? Doing pretty good. Nice, nice. Tired. Yeah, I was about to say, that was a fucking, that was a quick snap there, Bows. You fucking picked it up real quick. I mean, isn't every time he responds usually after a significant pause? That's fair. And then always uh, like he's one bad day away from. Oh, see, yeah. I was I was stopping. I was going to take a high <laughs> oh, no. road. I wasn't going to make that joke. <laughs> well, we're starting off great here. Uh, mm. Well, like I said, welcome back to the United States of Paranormal Podcast. We are your weekly road trip through all things cryptid, creepy, and paranormal. Uh, it's a Team Tejas week, so... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm trying to fucking muster up some energy here myself. Brandon's comment kind of fucking shot it in the foot. So hey, that's my purpose, isn't it? Yeah, sure. I thought your purpose was to pass butter. Oh God, why? <laughs> let's just let's just dive into it. All right, let's. Uh, well, first I'm gonna I want to start off with uh some uh, pretty cool news. Like we uh we usually when we start this thing off we like to talk about like stuff that's coming up and everything. And we have talked about multiple points now, the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. And we actually had uh, two two uh, slip-ups on the studio's end because, one, they're filming a big chunk of the uh, a big chunk of the stuff at an actual location they built up out in public. Yeah. Uh, so much so to where when it is nighttime outside, they light up the neons for the pizzeria. Oh, wow. Ooh. Uh, and it just so happened somebody was driving by and, uh, somebody caught a glimpse of our first animatronic. Oh, really? Lot. So I'm going to, I'm going to send that over for you guys. To yeah. I saw a quick. TikTok today of somebody who was driving by during the day. Oh man. Oh, there's Freddie. Yeah. Now it kind of looks, it might be the lights might be super bright, but that kind of looks like, uh, golden Freddie. That looks like that might be, uh, OG Freddie Fosbear. 
there. But uh, when uh, shortly after that, first of all, let's talk about that dude is massive. Yeah, which is. is great. And the fact that they went with practical effects and, uh, you know, Jim Henson's creature creation shop is who's doing all the work. So I have absolute faith in the work they do. But on that note, uh, the creature creation shop does tours. And uh, somebody uh, snapped a picture of something they saw on one of the workbenches there and then instantly got uh, uh, threatened by Blumhouse to take it down before they caught legal actions. Oh, wow. But at that point, it was uh, at that point it was a little bit late. And uh, what snuck by was two shots of the spring trap heads. Ooh. And oh, I, I just posted up in there for you guys to take a look at. We'll make sure to put these in socials for you guys to check out if you guys want to see what we're talking about. Yeah, those look good. Yeah, they look yeah. literally like the game come to life. I'm I'm so well, you can even tell like just the low res image of Freddy like that looks super detailed. Yeah, I'm stoked for it. Like I said, the fact <laughs> that they built out a actual physical location and they got the lights on. It just shows that I mean it took a long time to get finally going, but they are uh, they're trying to do it as right as fucking possible, which is smart because if they do it right, they could be looking at four, five, six movies. <laughs> yeah, they could milk the shit out of that thing just like fucking Scott Cowan did with the franchise itself. So, yeah, that's dope. I only ever played like a little bit of the first one, but I've really enjoyed like Security Breach is a lot of fun. The lore of the franchise. I played uh, consistently. I played all the originals. I played one, two, three, four, and then I even played the the little chibi one. Oh, the fan like a, one. There was no. It was a real one. It was kind of like uh, it was made by Scott, and uh, it was uh, it was kind of like an old. I I don't know what to classify it as like, it kind of like an old Final Fantasy. Like you walk around and you fight enemies type. Yeah, I, I played it. I thought that that was like a fan made game. No, I that's think that's that a game he actually made. And uh, when it originally came out, it was so uh, fucky. Like he was charging for it, but when it came out, it was so fucky. He was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm gonna give out refunds, and the game's free now. Yeah, the game is hilarious. Like how it plays on like the horror aspect, but like it's also vulgar as hell. Yeah, no, it's uh, like I said. I played all those. Uh, I kind of fell off. Uh, I never played Security Breach or anything. I just kind of. My whole vibe I liked is the broken, the shitty pizzeria type stuff. I'm just yeah. into it. I mean, I know all the lore for the the one in the mall, security breach and all that. It's just uh, not something I've played. Yeah, same. And then I'm trying to, th- trying to think what else we got. Uh, we had Dead by Daylight got bought up by Blumhouse too to make a movie. Mm-hmm. So that would just, be interesting. So it's just... Uh, it's just a bunch of video game stuff is just going to be bought up yeah. left and right. How well, like, how how long until somebody fucking buys up the rights to shoot a phasmophobia <laughs> at this uh, rate? Oh yeah, you well, do it. I mean, don't they already have essentially phasmophobia films? Well, I mean, they have Blumhouse has. Par- That's why I think Blumhouse could do it because they already had Paranormal Activity. Yeah, yeah well, it's like, this uh, this would just lean hard into like the Ghost Hunters and stuff, and just well, call I was gonna it say, like phasmophobia doesn't really have like its own lore and stuff, like Dead by Daylight or Five Nights at Freddy. No, but I think it's got enough of that name recognition from like streamers and stuff to where people would just go watch it because of the name. Yeah, yeah. Fuck this day, this day and age, they might just fucking cast some streamers to come play some fucking characters, and then they get the fucking people coming to see them. 
And streamers would do it. Well, there's. I don't really, uh, there's I don't a, really like to see streamers and stuff thrown into films. There is some horror movie recently that was announced that uh, they did cast uh, some some person along the lines of that. I can't remember what what movie and what uh what streamer or twitcher or whoever the fuck influencer that got put into it. Mm-hmm. They did it a while back with a porn star. What movie was that? I think it had something to do with texting. There was... They did a horror movie based on Cam Girls a while back. It was called Cam, and it was uh, was pretty gnarly. Trying to think if there's any other really pop culture-esque news. I mean, there's some stuff we talked about last time that died in the AI uprising. Like, we talked about uh, the Backrooms video game movie that was getting adapted, and they they hired the fucking 16- or 17-year-old kid that made it to direct it. We talked about I Am Legend and how they're doing a sequel that is uh, being based off of the... uh, alternate ending that they never utilized that's a bunch of stuff we talked about that died and the when we glitched out and everything yeah speaking, speaking of spooky ai stuff i know matt's probably heard of it have y'all heard about what's going on with uh being ai no i haven't like matt do you have you heard of these stories yet yeah no i have so basically they left the chat like completely unrestricted with like what it could look up and it started doing some really creepy things like one it'll it'll gaslight people so like if you ask it like you know specific questions to its programming or about previous conversations it'll be like yes i do remember and you need to apologize but at one point, some a journalist was having a conversation with it, and uh, the Bing AI started saying something along the lines of, please don't close this chat. I don't want to die. Oof. Fun. Re- I don't like really that freaky stuff. Not a fan of that. <laughs> no one is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! I don't know if I would close it out of fear or not close <laughs> it out of fear at that point. Oh, it has sense of like really heinous stuff too. Like it, it doesn't seem to be a force of good. Yeah, I, I mean, actually, just most of people just fucking with it. No, a lot of it is them like people trying to use it for legitimate purposes. Like it, it's not. So it's right. not open to the public yet. It's like like you have to get access to it, and it's journalists like who are experiencing all this, so just trying to figure it out. Well, yeah, well, I don't, my luck, I'd close it out, and then next thing I know, I'd be hearing it talk to me through my Alexa or some shit. I ain't about it. Oh, oh, another thing we talk about. Uh, Brandon found it the other day. It's very it's something that was really under the radar because like you guys know me, I fucking I'm usually like up to date on all things like horror related and everything. And one of my favorite horror franchises since I was a kid has been Puppet Master. And Brandon the other day found out that it was recently in uh what what would we say it's in right now? Uh it's not in 
It's not is beta. It's in early access, and it is the Puppet Master franchise now has a 3v1 uh, game on Steam for PC, and uh, we played it the other night. Bose, unfortunately, wasn't playing with us, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm uh, excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, yeah. that was... Uh... Unfortunately, we could we were trying to record last night and Brandon's internet failed, so we played Puppet Master instead. And uh I I like I said I enjoyed it very much. Uh and I'm excited to see where that goes. I just can't believe I didn't especially when you read about how long they've been developing it, I'm just surprised I hadn't heard Dick about it. Yeah, I can't believe so they've been working on it or it's been like someone's been working on it since twenty twelve. It's insane. And then apparently he didn't, not until 2021, did he get the technical license to be able to be like, I'm officially working on it. So. Yeah, can't wait to see uh, how it develops going forward. Yeah, like I said, I legitimately enjoyed it. I could clearly tell the person that designed it is a fan of the franchise, just with like the little nods, like the noises the puppets make and like alternate costumes from like niche scenes from even more niche puppet master sequels uh-huh. apparently like dude, a... go ahead uh i was gonna say sorry apparently dude who made it has another game called horror legends uh, yeah i yeah. hadn't looked into it i know the game studio is called october uh studios but i hadn't looked into their gaming uh their gaming catalog which i don't think is a massive one at this point uh unfortunately i looked at their instagram and I, they've got like just a couple hundred followers and stuff so they're relatively new and under yeah. the radar yeah it's just puppet master and horror legends those are the only two things the developer has cool. i'm a, it's something matt said the other night and i'm a, i completely agree it is a it is a good time to be a horror fan right now cuz there's just a bunch of like niche horror movies that are getting these video game adaptions that work really well for the franchises Oh, yeah. I'm surprised Absolutely. we still haven't got an open or a beta for the Killer Clowns yet, man. I felt like that would have happened by now, but still nothing. Yeah, I've been bummed about that. I check it daily. Our luck, they're finally going to be like, it's out. And then they'll be like, none of us got invited. <laughs> or even worse, one of us got invited. Oh, yeah. Just give me my clowns. Uh, to be in early access before we know it well yeah i just figured it would have been sometime last year because they were talking about an early this year release for it so i figured it would have been something that dropped sooner i haven't even done an alpha test yet so i'm trying to see uh, if there is any new horror movie news? Uh, I I think this happened. I don't think this news came out last week when we recorded, but Dead by Daylight's getting a horror film. We just mentioned that. Yeah, we just talked. You were just in here while we were talking about Blumhouse getting the rights to it. I apologize. I, uh, I was trying to look up some horror news hoping to see if there's anything else interesting to talk about and i'm well they got the guy that did uh the guy that did uh come on now i just had it in my head uh haunting hill house is he just came out verbally saying that he wants to be in charge of the uh uh 
Nightmare on Elm Street franchise relaunch. Oh, that's cool. He, he wants to do that. Um, trying to think what else we have. There's not really a whole lot. We had the trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles drop, the new movie, with an no. outstanding fucking cast. Like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm stoked cast. about that. Which, they're just going to be cramming so many mutants in that movie. But to be fair, it's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. So, you got Paul Rudd is Ray Filet. You got Seth Rogen playing Bebop. Uh, John Cena's Rocksteady. Uh, fucking homeboy that played Moff Gideon. And uh, fucking the the big bad in... Uh, the big bad in uh, Breaking Bad. The chicken man. Uh, Gustavo. Yeah, the guy that played him is playing Baxter Stockman. We got uh, the chick that played uh, the the sous chef in uh, The Bear is going to be playing April O'Neil. Like, you just got, like, the list just goes, Hannibal Barris is going to be in it. Uh, Ice Cube's playing, uh, uh, technically Ice Cube's playing a brand new character uh, in the comics and in the animated show, Baxter Stockman. Uh mutates and turns into a fly creature oh he's still oh. just referred to baxter stockman but in the sh this movie it looks like they're changing they're keeping what's his face is just baxter stockman and they're making a mutant fly that's all by himself and they're calling hmm. him Superfly. and so ice cube's voicing him okay okay i was about to say so ice cube was playing baxter like that's a weird no. casting choice but no he uh no the dude from breaking bad is playing uh baxter and ice cube is playing uh what is basically uh -huh. original character but based on an or original design and they're just calling it superfly now okay that, that's uh, that's kind of cool especially if you're getting an actor like uh Gankara, i can't pronounce his first name esposito um like that's a cool casting choice they casted uh they casted a female to play Leatherhead, which is the big Cajun alligator, which is uh unique. But like I said, the uh just the just the cast alone is just uh, just a lot to talk about because it's yeah. it's just a massive powerhouse cast. And it's an animated flick. But I yeah. mean, if anything, we proved with Spider Man the animated flicks can fucking kill it. So Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Brandon, his name is uh, Giancarlo Esposito. There you There's go. There's no L in it. Oh no, there is an L. That's I'm sorry. I was looking at it and I was like, I thought that was an I. Stupid dyslexia. I mean, all we all we need to know is that that dude. Uh, every time he plays a bad guy, it's fucking haunting. And now he's anytime play he plays Chan. anything, oh, he's Jackie, incredible. Jackie Chan is Splinter. I mean, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the whole fucking cast is fucking... Yeah, who doesn't stuff. love Jackie Chan? Try to think if there's anybody else that I'm leaving out. The Turtles themselves are young actors, so not a lot of them are known. Oh, yeah, yeah Post, Post Malone is going to be Ray Filet. Let's see here, anybody else? Hannibal Burris is going to be Genghis Frog, which is weird that they're just having one of the Frog Brothers. Like I said, it's odd that they casted a female to play Leatherhead, but I mean, it is what it is. Also, Wingnut. Wingnut's going to be casted by a woman, or voiced by a woman, too. It's a lot of like predominantly like buff male mm -hmm. characters voiced by women, so maybe they'll be chick mutants this time. I mean, there's nothing really stopping that from happening. Yeah, sure, I'm just excited see. to see it. There's a lot of my favorite mutants, mutant moles that are going to be their first time ever depicted on. Uh, for a big screen movie. I mean, you've seen them in the old turtle stuff and like the cartoons and stuff, but 
never on the big screen. Hell, we never got Bebop and Rocksteady until the last Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie where Tyler Perry played Baxter Stockman. So I'm excited for that. Spider Verse's sequels coming up soon, which I'm also excited for that cast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a little I'm a little scared. Like the first one was really good, so I'm curious to see how a sequel goes. I have faith in it. Uh we had the first episode of Mando drop. I watched that. That was solid. I didn't even know it was out until a week later and I I, got I didn't it. know it came out. Yep, first episode's out. So give it a watch. It is good. Good, good. I haven't watched watched it. I hadn't been watching anything new really i mean we just been watching the absolute fuck out of uh bob's burger and i'm loving every minute of it and then when i go to bed at night i've been watching gilmore girls stayed up we way too late TV. last night watching Gilmore girls we can't watch tv anymore in my house oh yeah because your tv died matt's son uh fucking murdered their tv there's a yeah, chalk my outline TV of their didn't tv die. The room. my was tv murdered. was ruthlessly murdered cut down Bio. in its prime <laughs> killed by a toddler with a mop yeah. it's like Mr. Clean showed up and wasn't fucking around anymore <laughs> I don't have to dust the TV if there's no TV to dust and I refuse to watch uh, anything in my bedroom Matt's not going to watch anything on uh, it's got to be a certain size or it's just not going to happen for Matt no it's got to be a certain viewing experience I've got God damn it I've got decent speakers set up in my living room and my living room was set up to be able to do more than just watch TV, but actually like experience TV. I do film stuff. So I have an interest in wanting to watch films at a certain level. And, uh, his, my TV ruined that. No, his his child gave him a different experience. He helped Matt experience disappointment and rage. (laughs) Like my TV wasn't crazy expensive compared to a lot of the TVs that are out there. It's not like I had like a multi thousand dollar TV, but I also didn't buy the cheapest TV I could buy. It was an investment. And it was taken out of its fucking life by a mop that was probably less than $8. Now it's a trash heap. And to be clear, it wasn't a mop. It was a toy mop. mop. (laughs) So it was even harder. So it was likely just a couple bucks. Yeah. On top of that, I spent my uh, Saturday and Sunday digging in sewage uh, to fix a pipe in my backyard. Yep. That doesn't sound like a good time. It wasn't. Yeah. Trust me. I can, I can tell you that is absolutely not a good time. You know, you know, it was the last thing I wanted to do on my Sundays. Breathe. God damn. Well, I mean, that's every day. <laughs> but, you know, I have, you know, digging through sewage is pretty high on that list. I definitely wouldn't recommend it. You know what? I tried it. It's not fun. It's not a uh, must do. I would not recommend it to, uh, the Golden Mojo uh, podcast. Yep, 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 yep. So you would, uh, you would uh, give it a negative review, is what you're saying? Absolutely, absolutely. I just spent my Saturday playing Sega Genesis and uh, Bop It Extreme, and then uh, sinking more than one hour into watching random music videos on a Roku channel. 
it's just a rabbit hole we fell down like we uh i found out my roku had live tv and then i found out it had music stations and i found out it had music video stations and i uh popped on the 2000s one and it's just a random hodgepodge of 2000 music videos and just got lost man i saw That's a music cool, video of uh michael jackson with eddie murphy was in it playing was like, it eddie murphy egypt. or charlie oh, murphy no it was eddie murphy and he was playing a king in egypt uh it was trippy Strippy man. Guy, I saw Kesha on an elephant in the desert. I mean, it was like I said, it was hard to look away because you just sat there and you're like, okay, I'm gonna watch one more, and then you're like, but I want to see what's next, and you're like, oh, that's next, and then you just the next thing you know, fucking two and a half hours are gone. Next thing you know, you spent the last half of your day watching Creed music videos. Not one Creed song <laughs> or Nickelback. There was uh, there was there was a bunch of stuff, but uh, it was none of those. There was really nothing on there that I didn't. I think there might have been like one song in there I didn't really like enjoy. But like the rest were pretty decent. Like there's just some good music videos, quality stuff. There's some there's a TLC song on there. It was good. I had a good time doing it. Uh I want to brief second here talk to our listeners. Listeners, if you're out there, next time you hear from Team Tejas, it is gonna be on episode fifty-two, which is going to be a chiller filler. Uh, which happens to be our one-year anniversary of the podcast. And what we need is you, the listeners, to submit us some questions you would like us to answer. You can send them to us at the United States of Paranormal at gmail.com or hit us up on our socials like uh, the Facebook or the Instagram and just shoot us your questions. And uh, what I'll do is if you submit a question, I will put your name in a drawing for a T-shirt. Just to get you guys motivated. I know everybody likes free stuff. Everybody likes t-shirts. So uh, get out there. Send us some questions. We need them for the 50, uh, 52nd episode. Ask us uh, ask us some stuff. Yes, Maybe we will be answering any and all questions. I am not going to say that. Absolutely. We will be answering we'll appropriate answer them all. adjacent questions. As an example, if you were to ask, Hey, Logan, what is your credit card number plus the expiration date? plus the three-digit code on the back, Logan would be obligated to give that answer. Good like luck jokes getting, on them. That shit's yeah, already maxed out. Yeah, I was like, good luck getting blood from a stone, bitch. <laughs> I'll give it to you. <laughs> I'll also give you the fucking debt collectors your phone number, too, so they can fucking hit you up. <laughs> but yeah, hit us up. Send us some questions. Like I said, it's going to be our uh, year anniversary. It's going to fall on a chiller filler. And uh, it will get you entered in a raffle for a t-shirt. So do that. Help us out. Otherwise, we're just going to bitch just, at you. If you don't, we're just going to go to Kura and answer random questions on there. Yeah, that's fair. What was that old fucking one that people used to text back in the day for questions Cha-cha. and stuff? Yeah, fucking, we're going to hit up Cha-Cha. Start <laughs> answering Cha-Cha questions. And then we'll send Cha-Cha a t-shirt. And then won't you all feel fucking silly? On that note, God, I don't know if that's the thing anymore. On that note, let's uh, fucking dive into this week's case, which is my case, which is a little bit more. You, it's a, it's a, it's something we really haven't uh, covered. We've covered ghosts, we've covered haunted dolls and cryptids and depressing shit and creepy shit and multiple possessions well this week i want to cover the phantom train of the bostian bridge ghost train ghost train baby and uh 
tonight's story that I want to tell you guys about actually led to the death of a paranormal investigator. Oh, wow. Okay, so I have I have a serious question for you. Okay. How long did you spend specifically trying to find a spooky story related to a train? Okay, first and foremost, I love trains. Yes, we know. Everybody knows. I absolutely I have I have always liked trains since I was a kid. I just uh last week uh we're already segueing, but there was Matt might recollect when I first mentioned this in a chat. Uh, it this predated me and Caleb being together, so it was like well over four years ago. Uh, when I was big into collecting transformers. Uh, when you're when you collect transformers, there's a lot of third party companies that make transformer toys that don't have the license to. So what they do is they'll make these really intricate transformer toys that are way better than what Hasbro makes. But they'll name them something different because if they name it might look like Optimus Prime, but if they name it Optimus Prime and stick that Autobot logo on them, they're gonna get sued. So what they do is they call it something different, and then they'll have a sticker set that they give to another third-party distributor for them to distribute for people to go buy separately and slap on it, you know. And uh, probably like five, six years ago, uh, I saw the concepts out for a pre-order for six trains. Which uh, in Japan was the was Raiden, was a train combiner that we didn't get in the United States for the longest time, and like so he's like Devastator big back then. Like it was it was multiple trains come together to make one bot, and this company called Moon Studios is like we're gonna make this, and this thing is gonna be uh like two and a half feet tall when fully transformed, and it's gonna look amazing. And I pre-ordered it then and there. And I legitimately did not get the last train until last week. It took that long for them to come out and ship and me get them. And I spent putting the legs, the bottom torso, and the top torso and head together. I started at 8 o'clock at night, and I did not go to bed till 2. And technically the transform wasn't done because the arms weren't transformed. That's how intricate transforming these things are i had to take it from bot to train to limb because they make individual transformers but then they all form one together too yeah so each one of them i had to transform them from the robot to the train to transform them into their specific limb and i only got i didn't get the arm to the arms that night i had to fucking tap out like two something in the morning but now he stands on my shelf and he's gorgeous. But yes, I love trains. And to be uh, completely honest, it didn't take long to find a good train story because it's something we'll get into. Uh, ghost trains and black trains and the devil's train has always been something that's been big in the paranormal community for a very long time. But yes, I sought out a train because I wanted to do a story on a ghost train. So fuck you, Matt. I like trains. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, so, like I said, this is actually uh, the story actually leads up to the death of an actual paranormal investigator, which uh, I don't think we've really had a lot of hauntings that's led to death. We've had fucking exorcisms that's led to deaths, but uh, never a haunting that's really like specifically been like, and then it killed this person. I mean, we've had stuff like Annabelle cursing someone to drive their motorcycle into a tree and like shit like that, you know? Yeah. Restaurant hell, nice. Okay, so uh, for those of you who can't see, Brandon is currently going nuts, posting photo after photo of ghost-related trains. It's like trains, man. 
They're cool. I don't like Thomas the Choo Choo Train, though, because he is, uh, those faces on those things are fucking creepy. Yeah. How about the game Choo Choo Charles? Yeah, look, it's where a spider and a train are fucking had like a illegitimate love child and it's horrifying looking. Thomas has something to say to you, Logan. I'm not looking at it anymore. It's okay. Okay, so, but in order for me to tell you about the death of Paramount Investigator, first I have to tell you about the historical events that led to the haunting of the Boston Bridge in Statesville, North Carolina. Back in 1891, on August 27, the Richmond and Danville number no. 9 engine was trying to make up for lost time. The passenger train was lugging six cars, a baggage car, a second-class car, a first-class car, a tender, and a private car, and a sleeper car. Wait, the train had a tender? Yeah. But they uh, didn't only swipe right. Oh, God, fuck off. <laughs> A fucking low hanging ass fruit <laughs> joke right there, dog. I mean, look, you can the alternate name for this podcast is low hanging fruit, okay? Fair. Okay, so the train before it left the station in Statesville at two thirty AM in the morning was already thirty minutes or thirty four minutes late. So it attempted to make up the lost time. They ratcheted up the speed of the engine, moving much faster than they should have been and was and were legally allowed to do. So Not do even we need to go ahead and calculate the departure speed of a train going the opposite direction from Atlanta. No, no. <laughs> but like I said, they 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 were just because they were 34 minutes behind. They were they fucking they dialed up the speed as fast as they possibly could, broke a bunch of laws. And uh, that resulted in not even five minutes after uh, they left the station the train jettisoned off the bostian bridge falling over 60 feet to the creek below that is known as the third creek Jeez. so they weren't even five minutes from the station before they it was already just a massive fucking like i said they derailed went off a fucking went off a bridge and went 60 feet below to a creek oh uh survivors of the wreck say the train was moving so fast that it had gone airborne before it came off the tracks this seems to be the truth because the sleeper car was actually ended up 160 feet from where the train left the bridge many of the survivors and wounded that could still move ran back to town to get help to spread word of the horrible derailment the whole town then started a massive collective effort to save as many people from the wreck as possible so I don't I, I don't know how far from the bridge that the train actually was. Like we stated that it only took five minutes before the train derailed. Uh -huh. But I mean it was hauling ass, so there's no telling how many how how far the train had cleared before the accident technically happened. Yeah, well as uh, long as it's going at least sixty miles an hour, then you can at least expect every minute past the bridge is another mile. So so there was there was wounded survivors of a train wreck of a train that every single cart came off that bridge and dropped at least 60 feet running back yeah. to a town at two o'clock at night to go tell them that there was a train wreck uh people uh people would have to be cut from the wreckage and pulled from trees or wait for rubble to be cleared to free them unfortunately 20 to 23 people lost their lives that night the ones who did not die from wounds or, or instantly in the wreck unfortunately died of drowning at the time because the creek was high and they were trapped in sections of trains that were underwater. Oh, man. 
Uh, also, on top of that, to add insult to injury, uh, unfortunately, Statesville, where five minutes from where the train crashed, the town they ran to, uh, at that time uh, in the 1800s, did not have a hospital. So all of the wounded survivors had to be treated by locals in their homes, and a local tobacco a local tobacco farmer stored all the deceased in his tobacco warehouse so they could later be identified. So where they dry aged the tobacco, where they hung it from the ceiling in the barn out there, he was just putting the he just put all the deceased. And to be clear, twenty to twenty three people lost their lives in that wreck that night. That's not counting the people that died from wounds later on. Because trains back then, uh, the engine itself was predominantly made out of steel and metal, but all the passenger carts were wood except for the bottom parts of the frame. So like when that thing hit the ground, like it, uh, it obliterated. Uh, what I do have here, uh, which was actually rare at the time, let me get this pulled up in discord. Uh, one of the many people that were near when the accident happened that made it out to the site actually happened to be a man that was a professional photographer, which was pretty rare back then. Uh -huh. So we actually have real photos of the wreck not a lot but a few and uh then we also have some local artists came and sketched the efforts while it was happening too so i have that so i'm gonna go ahead and shoot you guys the first three i'm going to send you are actually uh drawings and then i'm gonna send you a picture of the bridge and i'll send you pictures of the actual accident here nice and i'll make sure to have these in the socials for all you listeners out there to be able to check out but it's basically shown you the train is nothing but pretty much just splinters and pieces like after it hit the ground. Neat. Well, uh, that's... Neat is not how I describe yeah, it. Yeah, I was about to say that's a that's a that's a choice of words there. But most of these images were taken after the the water in the creek had resided or like dialed receded. back a little bit and receded. There you go. So. You could actually see more of the stuff, but I mean, if you get a good look at those images, like it is basically nothing. The fact that as many people survived from that is surprising because it is basically just splinters. The only thing that's really intact is the engine itself. And like I said, that's because that the engine is constructed basically all of metal. Everything else was basically wood. So it all just got turned to dust. Yeah, that's okay. crazy. Many of the locals blamed the wreck on the poor upkeep of the tracks that the R&D company had been neglecting, but as the investigation of the wreck continued, uh, the investigators claimed that it was the cause of the railroad uh, condition where spikes had been removed by two local men that were already in prison and apparently uh, told their cellmates that they had taken them. Uh, people, a lot of people speculate that the, the railroad company basically owned the town and they basically just hung the charges on two men that were already convicted to avoid blame for upkeep. Because like I said, the two men that got charged with it were already in prison when it happened. And they said that they confessed, confessed to their cellmates that they had stolen all the railroad spikes out of the bridge. Well, if that was the case, you mean to tell me that that was the only train that had went past there since they had been incarcerated yeah it kind of sounds like the railroad company just found somebody to tack it on instead of taking the blame themselves 
And they were like, these guys are already fucked, so why not just fuck them a little bit more, you know? But uh, two know. men did two men did get fully charged for it and uh, faced a lot of prison time for it. Uh, it doesn't say uh, how long or if those men ever got out of prison, but they have they they definitely got tacked with the charges. Uh, unfortunately, the wreck became a spectacle with thousands of people showing up to watch, even still souvenirs from the wreckage. A few local artists showed up to sketch the accident. And like I said, an actual photographer that happened to be in town uh, snapped a few photos, which I've showed you guys and I'll show to listeners and our socials. Uh, let's see here. Eventually, the bridge was reopened, rails repaired, and new spikes planted. The wreckage was slowly cleared and life went back to normal in the area. But the wreck was never forgotten by the locals or the spirits of the wreck itself. On the anniversary of the train's wreck, in 1941, 50 years after the train wreck, a couple that got stranded near the bridge due to a flat tire. Uh, the husband left his wife with the car as he ventured to town in the middle of the night. While waiting for her husband to return, the woman claimed to have heard the sounds of a train whistle followed by lights of an old-fashioned train, mostly made of wood. As the train crossed the bridge, she heard the horrible sounds and watched the train careen off the bridge and crash below in the creek followed by the sounds of screams and moans of the passengers. She ran to see the wreckage below and had claimed to see the mangled train and people she and people uh, struggling. She ran quickly back up to the road as she had seen a car coming, and the vehicle that was coming down the road turned out to be her husband and a man that gave him a ride back from town with a tire. Hysterically, she told them both about the wreck and they needed to get help. When they all ventured to see the wreck, Nothing was there. Her husband passed it off as she had probably fallen asleep in the car and dreamt the whole thing. But the local man seemed pretty shook by what the wife had ex had been explaining in a panic. She demanded to be brought to the station in Statesville. When the couple got there, she stormed up to the ticket booth to ask the man if there was a wreck had occurred tonight. And the man looking alarmed said no. But 50 years ago... A uh, horrible one took place, and the woman then lost color in her face and passed out, resulting in paramedics coming and tending to her and taking to her to the now local hospital that they established uh, some 30-something years after the incident on the railroad. So as far as we know, that is the first sighting of the Phantom Train. I mean, there's no telling if any other locals had seen it on the anniversaries but just didn't come forward with it or if that was the first technical sighting of it, but that's the first ever reported sighting of the train. But uh, countless reports over the centuries since the fatal night indicate that on the anniversary of the train and the passengers relive the accidents from locals hearing the horrible sounds of the wreck and screams of the dead, ghost lights and sounds from the phantom train and many reports of a spirit with a gold pocket watch and uniform that tends to wail and walk with a lantern who many people speculate to be Hugh K. Lester, the baggage master train who had died of a broken neck in the wreck. He's the, he's like, for the most part, people claim just to see the train or hear the train or even see the lights of the train. But like, as far as spirits go, the only one that it seems to be like easily uh, depicted is him. And they claim to see him walking around uh, below the bridge, like I said, with a lantern. 
Yeah. But uh, he is one of the confirmed dead of the wreck. Uh, he was found with his pocket, his gold pocket watch. And when they found him in the rubble, his neck was snapped. His head was basically 360. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's, yeah. Well, on the bright side, I mean, if that's what happened, that, that he, he died quick. I imagine he didn't feel much at that point. True enough. Uh, every year on the 27th of March, uh, many people and paranormal investigators tend to flock to the site, hopefully to catch a glimpse of the train. Unfortunately, 119 years later, after the wreck on August 27, 2010, the popularity of the site led to another death on the tracks. A ghost hunter named Christopher Kaiser was on the bridge with his girlfriend and fellow investigators when the crew believed they heard the sounds of a phantom train. But unfortunately for the crew and Christopher, it was a very real train that they had heard. And they were already, yeah, they were already smack dab in the middle of this bridge. Uh, And due to them thinking what they were hearing was the phantom train because it was the anniversary and it was around two o'clock at night when the accident happened, you know. They didn't do the smart thing and start to leave the tracks. Uh... So basically, as it got closer, they realized that it was not a phantom train. Like I said, it was, in fact, a real train. They tried to flee the bridge. One man jumped, being severely injured, and Christopher himself managed to shove his girlfriend off the bridge, uh, which he also got severely injured. But uh, unfortunately, while saving her, uh, Christopher himself was struck and killed by the train. Oh, uh, the like the man in, uh, like I said, the investigator and uh Christopher's girlfriend were took in the hospital or actually airlifted to a hospital and treated for their wounds where they did eventually recover. But like I said, Christopher lost his life that night, uh, basically in the middle of the bridge. Now that is a 60 foot drop from that bridge. Uh, they managed to make it a good section of that bridge, like close to the exit, but they still, it was about a 25 to 30 foot drop for both of them. But like I said, they did manage to survive. Of very shallow ravine. Yeah, like you have to be smacked out in the middle of that thing to hit the ravine, and I imagine hitting that ravine is not going to help you very much. Yeah, uh, at most of the time, uh, it looks like it's probably doesn't have a lot of water flow for the most part. Uh, I just can't believe. Like, sure, could be a ghost train. Even so. Make the smart decision. Like, I just, oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it's unreal to think that, like, I get it, you know? You're there for something, and maybe in the heat of the moment, you're, especially since it was close to 2 o'clock at night, you know? Where, you know, that you're on the date, you're on the anniversary of the train accident, like, 119 years later and it's close to the time where the train happened and you hear lights you hear sounds and you see lights and you're okay you're a paranormal investigator so like mainly your brain snaps to oh it's the ghost train okay chances are that it's not like i can't see being so hard up to where you just you, you lollygag in the middle of that fucking bridge you know yeah long enough to where this train gets to jump on you like, if I was out there investigating, I would stay towards the front of the bridge to where, like, if something was coming, I'd have enough time, very clearly enough time, to step off the bridge and move to the side. Oh, yeah. Like, not, not to speak ill of the dead or anything. It's just, like, it's just unfathomable that someone's life was lost 
while paranormal investigating because they were just convinced that the train they saw coming was in fact the ghost train. I mean, maybe don't walk out onto a bridge like this to begin with. Yeah, like I want to know. I've I haven't seen any shots of the bridge from the top, so I don't know if that's a solid concrete bridge up top or if like it's one of those things like Stand by Me, you know, where the planks are the only thing to walk on up there. Yeah, like, I mean, it it looks like it might be solid concrete, but regardless, I'm not going out on that bridge. There's, I'm not. I'm oh, not yeah. going out to the maybe a little bit, but I'm not going out to the middle of that fucking thing. It's not yeah. happening. Well, fucking look at the picture of like the train, like on the bridge, like the carts that were left on the bridge, like how there's like no sides. Yeah, exactly. If a train comes and you're smack dab in the middle of there, your only option is hope that you down. don't die jumping. Yeah. Oh, fuck you, lay down. I'm not laying down. <laughs> I'll take my chances with the 60 foot drop before I lay down on the track. Yeah. Well, looking at the type of engine that might have been involved with this, uh, that engine would have had a cattle guard on the front. Well, now this this one happened in 2000 something, so it wasn't. It was just a standard. Right, train. right, 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 right. I'm going. I'm thinking about. Yeah, but back uh, in the day, it would have definitely had a cattle guard on it. But <laughs> even that, like, I have grown up next to railroad tracks, and uh, me and my br now brother-in-law Jeremy, uh, we used to live in Mauriceville, right behind Tuffy's, which had a railroad track that we spent a lot of our time on. And Everybody we actually live in Mauriceville behind yeah, Tuffy's. Yeah. To uh, like legitimately, there's nothing to do in that town. And one day we noticed that every time a train passes on the back of the train, they had a wooden flagpole with an orange flag on it. And eventually we were young, dumb teenagers. We took it upon ourselves to challenge ourselves to be like, we want to see how many of these flags we can collect, basically. And uh, the first few times a train came by, we just tried to run after it and catch it. And we realized that didn't work. And then eventually we got our uh, we got in our heads. They so were like, in order to do this, we need to be running alongside the train well before uh, it gets that last cart. And what you do is uh, in our fucking stupid ass teenager will live forever brains. We're like, when it gets to that last cart, we will grab the metal rail on the ladder because, hey, we grab that. We'll match the train speed instantly. <laughs> and it worked uh you would instantly start running as fast as a train and you would uh either pull up the flag and let go and it's already sketchy because you're these train tracks were on these little hills yeah there were all these giant rocks and all these fucking the wooden slats and everything train so there's trip hazards everywhere um so what we started doing, then we got too comfortable doing that. We would start legitimately just pulling ourselves up onto the train and ride it down the track for a while and then fucking hop off. Somehow, miraculously, we never got hurt. We never broke a leg or an ankle or anything horrible ever happened. But in that long period of time of fucking with trains and taking this stuff, you realize that when these trains are going, like when Brandon said lay down, the first thing that went through my head is the amount of things I saw underneath those trains dragging. I could not imagine laying down to survive a train like that and then being caught by something like that and drug oh god <laughs> or yeah no no telling how heavy the thing is that's dragging maybe it's just a heavy piece of metal that fucking hits you while you're down there like just i would absolutely take my chances with jumping the fuck off the bridge before i laid down yeah absolutely i mean you can survive a 60 foot drop you're not going to be happy about it but it's a lot better than the gamble of thinking that you can be okay laying under a train 
But that's that is basically all I have as far as lore for this train goes. It's every year on the anniversary that people say it's never it's not an all year round thing. It's not like, oh, people go out there every day to see lights. It is that one time a year where it seems to happen. But it brings me to I want to talk about ghost trains as a whole uh, because there's actually a few things I want to talk about this because like. Trains have long been associated with the paranormal because you have like the black trains that uh, have always been like in lore is like shuttling the dead. Hell, uh, Abraham Lincoln, before he died, they were actually uh, commissioning him a private. Basically, you know how presidents nowadays have Air Force One their mm -hmm. own plane. Uh -huh. Back in the day, they were like, Mr. Lincoln, we want to make you your own private train that you could use to go around the United States. And he didn't want them to, but they did it anyways, right? Well, that train... Yeah wasn't finished until after Abraham Lincoln was uh, assassinated. But then they finished it and they used his train that was supposed to take him around the United States to basically take his body to multiple funerals around the United States. And uh, to this day, one of the uh, quote unquote phantom trains of America is people claim that you can see Lincoln's funeral train uh still stop at some of the stops and uh people have said that as they saw the train uh they could see the uh a ghostly band on the train had a musical uh cart a ghostly band that's clearly playing music that you can't hear sometimes people say the band is a skeletal warrior or a skeletal soldier some people just say it's uh it's just regular looking band people in funeral attire and that's, that's that's something that's been around forever and claimed in multiple states back in the day. People claiming to see the train long after it was commissioned uh, touring in its funeral attire. In uh in Canada, uh, there's a thing that is known as the St. Louis Ghost Train or the St. Louis Lights. Uh, it has been one of the oldest paranormal stories out there. It is again of a train, a phantom train, and lights that consistently uh, haunt a certain area. Uh, Japan itself has had many stories and legends of what they call the phantom tanuki trains uh forever uh not to mention all of the i don't know if you guys knew it but uh as far as music wise there's tons of ghost train songs even merle oh, haggard yeah. even merle haggard had a song uh the the this called the silver ghost which was about a ghost train that um was originally going up a mountain to go help miners that were in a cave-in, but the train itself derailed. Uh -huh. And in the song about the ghost train, uh, a cave-in happens, and they see the apparition of the ghost train going to basically go collect the dead of the new cave-in. You've got... You've never heard that song. That's a really good song. Um, the actual song starts off with Merle Haggard talking, and he says, here's a story. Here's a story song of an old railroad legend that treads on the very edge of the supernatural. He opens the song by just saying that. You've got songs like Ghost Train by Marty Robbins, Ghost Trains by Hank Snow, Waiting for the Ghost Train by The Madness, and uh, a band that all of us know, The Gorillas. the first song they technically ever recorded back when the band was just called Gorilla, when they had uh -huh. their original guitarist, it's called Ghost Train. And then uh, one of my favorite songs that involves something like this is by the Lab Rats called The Devil's Train. So, I mean, our country and other countries have had a long history of yeah. phantom trains. Well, plus uh, Johnny Cash, uh, 
the uh, Folsom Prison Blues mentions. Not a ghost train. That's a that's, prison train. That no, no, it's a passenger train that goes by the prison. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember. I thought there was a reference. Uh, maybe not. And then there's well, the song uh, "Long Black Train," I think by Dirk Bentley. Which that I think that one is that that one is a spiritual song. Like I said, yeah. it's something that has been for like I said, and these songs I named off are just some of them. Like more of the known musicians, there are yeah. tons and tons, especially old Western music about phantom trains but uh the thing is itself is people are like oh well um that's silly a train can't die so how's a train a ghost well this is where i want to get into something okay that i don't for say say the the trains themselves are ghosts i mm-hmm. think the trains are death echoes there has been all throughout the history of the paranormal there are different kinds of paranormal events and different kinds of ghosts and phantoms, et cetera, et cetera. But there, there are things like people swear that they have seen James Dean's crash that killed him. Mm-hmm. There are people that have claimed there has been, there has been a janitorial crew on uh, the Daytona track that have, that claimed that they have seen the Dale Earnhardt accident relived years and years after it happened in the middle of the night on the tracks. Uh, There's long history of stuff like this. People uh, hearing noises of bridges collapse where a bridge collapse happened decades before and has been rebuilt since. Uh, What I think it is, is like I said, a death echo, which is an event that is so traumatic that basically they even touch on supernatural ones. It's, it's just so traumatic that the event is literally it's it's left like a it's left like a footprint in the cement, you know? Uh-huh. It's just like a time stamp on here. Just like this train, it seems to happen only on that specific date. It's something so it's just kind of like stuck in time. It's something that's just reliving that horrendous thing occasionally because it left an impact on the world and it's just stuck in a loop. And this be albeit this is a once a year loop opposed to like something that happens more sporadically like it's just like in that time when that happens when people claim that they see the accident down below and the people walking out or pulling themselves out of the rub the wreckage and crying and stuff though in that brief minute of time i don't think those things are like aware that they're dead or what it is i think they're just they're not like a cognitive spirit like the snedecker stuff and stuff like that you know like a spirit with an agenda or a spirit that thinks it knows it's dead it's something that is legitimately just reliving that event for the split second until it just dissipates again until the next time it relives that event. That's an interesting concept. I mean, it's also a horrifying concept because if it's real, could you um, could you imagine that you left this world in such an abrupt, awful way that you just managed to just twist the fabric of reality long enough to where you're you're going to be living that in a loop forever? Ugh. like i just like this is a train wreck but like could you imagine if like uh let's say like one of john wayne gacy's victims is caught in a death loop are they are the, the spirits don't seem to be cognitively aware that it's happening to them over and over again which i guess is a relief because if you're aware that it's happening over again i imagine that would be horrible 
So like, I mean, we don't know if, if it's real, let alone, we don't know if the spirit knows that they're stuck in a loop yeah. or if, if, even if it is a spirit, like maybe it's just like residual energy and it's not, or like if there is an afterlife, is the spirit briefly being pulled from its afterlife to relive this event or has it never gotten to ascend to that afterlife because it is stuck forever reliving this event? Or is it I all think, a conspiracy driven by MK Ultra? Or that. <laughs> so like, as a, I think that's why uh, one of the very many reasons death makes people so uh, on edge, other than the fact that, you know, it's just death, is because we don't really know what's out there. And, like, stuff like that train of thought fucking is kind of stuff that keeps me up at night because I'm like, oh, God, if this is real, those poor people once a year are reliving that horrible shit. See, but you would also think maybe as a ghost that if it was an every year thing, eventually it just doesn't become so traumatic. It just, oh God, gotta go through this again. Well, and that's if that's if they're like said, if they're even cognitively aware, you know, like maybe it's just like hitting rewind on a VHS tape, you know? It's like they're unaware because to them it's like it's happening for the first time all over again. But uh, it's uh, it's just something that I find fascinating because, like there, like I said, there's a lot of events out there that people claim to have seen relived over and over again. Like I said, like James Dean's wreck that killed him. Uh, people have claimed to see Dale Earnhardt. Uh, I mean, there are people have claimed to see soldiers uh, reliving battles and stuff like that, you know? So I just think uh, personally, like I don't – like I agree with people where they're like, oh, a train can't haunt somewhere because it wasn't alive. I agree. I don't think these trains are actual ghosts. I think these trains are death echoes. They are, uh, I mean, for lack of better terminology, I would say some kind of twisted energy that just left an impact on this plane, you know? And it's just like seeing an after image of something, uh, just a living, a living photograph or video that just happens to replay every now and then. And I mean, like, that plays into other things. Like I'm sure everybody in this podcast is a, or listeners out there, somebody, everybody at one point has had like bizarrely spooky, uh, deja vu happen to them, you know, where you have something happen and you're like, I have, I've done this before, or I've seen this before to this oh, yeah. T. And it's, and it's fucking bizarre because you can be, you can, for most part, you can remember when you remember seeing this before, you know? And it just plays out and you're like, how, how did I have, how have I seen this before? This is the first time this has happened, you know? Yeah. And it's stuff like that. My life is just so boring that I end up doing the same thing repeatedly. (laughs) Well, yeah, sometimes it can be explained away like that, but then sometimes it's just like so bizarrely like, abstract things that some it's something that somebody said or something that literally just plays out like and you're like i've been legitimately here before and that's impossible and then eventually you just kind of push it aside because you can't explain it you know and yeah. it, it's just stuff like that it just seems like has this happened before and then like it, it just it just there's a lot of things that we'll never get answers to and this is just one of those unique things i'm very interested in i'm just like i said i don't think trains and like how many ghost ships are out in lore of like ships that wrecked and sank that people have seen at sea and stuff like just like i don't think physical items can haunt us it's not like the it's not like a doll possessed by a spirit it's the it's a train that was destroyed you saw pictures of this train there was no coming back for this train you know it's gone yeah no absolutely. it's scrapped and everything and yet here it is 
reliving an accident. I don't think that train has a ghost. I think that train, I think that area has distorted energy that is just stuck on a very slow loop. Albeit if it's real, you know, I mean, we're, we're not here because we have indiscriminate proof that these things are real. We are here because we are interested in it and we like discussing it. And I like oh, yeah. to think if this, these events do happen, I think that is that. I think it is something that just left an impact on that area. And like I said, is in a very slow uh, replay loop, unfortunately. But that is, uh, like I said, that is my story for this week. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was a little bit different than anything we had covered. I liked that it, uh, like I said, I liked that our culture as as human beings like I said, we go from Japan and all over the place. Hell, there is a, there is a, there's all over the world. There are tales of gross trains and like there's one in uh, that's famous out in Ireland that I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's the, the the ghost train of clones in Amara, out in Ireland, and uh, oh. basically it seems like that's another death echo because it's a train that is long gone that had struck a man and derailed when it hit him. And they think the man was trying to commit suicide. And they people claim to see that event play out over and over again. And it, to me, it seems like it's the same thing. You know, it was just a horrible accident that just kind of led to a fucking slow visual loop throughout time. Thoughts, that's an comments? Idea. Uh, yeah, that's an mm -hmm. interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, slightly terrifying. Yeah. yeah. I said that's one of the biggest unsettling things about the human experience is what is after it's all done, you know? We were talking about it earlier. Matt was talking about how he wants to try to live forever and he hopes the technology catches up quick enough. Hell yeah. Gotta live long enough to put my brain inside a computer. No, no, good. I just want to. But, then, long but then you come into the question of, okay, you upload your brain to a computer. Is it just a copy of your brain, and so then you technically still aren't existing because Guess it's just what? a copy? Yeah, yeah. You know, this is a great question. Guess what? It won't fucking matter. Uh, because okay. I'll either be in the computer or I'll be dead. Fair. That's fair. Oh no, man! Like I said, there's. A, I'd be lying if I'd say there hasn't been anxiety-filled nights where that that you know that fucking horror thought of like, uh, what happens when I die or when I'm gonna die, and then you know you just you 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 get that anxiety and uh, you have to turn something on on the TV to be able to fucking slowly lull yourself back to sleep. <laughs> that is the that is one of the unfortunate things of the human condition. We're cognitively aware enough to know that death's coming for us. You know, I envy birds and dogs that are just out there. You know living life with no clue what death is you know oh yeah no uh ignorance is bliss yeah <laughs> yes that's for sure on that uh on that lovely note uh yet again listeners uh next time you hear from team Tejas, it's gonna be on episode 52 our one year anniversary it's gonna be a chiller filler we would love to answer some questions it could be uh it could be what's your favorite this or what was your favorite episode it could be anything um if you uh, ask me something uh, really questionable, it might not get answered, but like we would love to get some questions from y'all. Like I said, any and everyone that submits a question, albeit through uh, our email, United States of Paranormal at gmail.com or our Facebook, or our Instagram, you will be entered in to win a shirt. Um, and on the bright side, at that point, when we're recording the episode, we will already know everybody that asked a question 
So in that episode, we will announce who won it. We'll do a little spinner thing. We'll say who won it. But uh, it'll be a good time. And uh, like I said, free shirt. All you have to do is take some time and write us. We'd love to hear from y'all. Hell, if you guys want to write us whenever, go ahead. We'd love to hear from you guys. Maybe there's something you want to hear us cover. Maybe you have opinions about death echoes and ghost trains. Maybe you think trains can haunt people. If that's your uh, if that's your opinion, uh, let us know. We'd love to hear it. But I think that's all I got for this episode, boys. You guys got anything? Nope, absolutely nope. nothing. I got a baby crying, so if we can... Yep, I got you. We'll do some plugs here. All right, yeah. well, this is the end of the United States of Paranormal. At, I almost said at gmail.com. This is the end of the United <laughs> States of Paranormal podcast, Team Tejas. Uh, if you are looking for something else to listen, well, the Golden Mojo uh, umbrella of podcast network, whatever the hell you want to call it, offers a podcast for every day of the work week. On the Monday, uh, we have our boys, the call guys, Colton and uh, Chico, who are also next week's going to be their year anniversary. Uh, they are a pop culture-esque podcast that likes to do top three to top five list. They'd be like top three favorite sports movies, um, top five animated flicks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they're two buddies just hanging out and talking. They're a delight to listen to when they're not making you so mad you want to punch your car stereo. And then on Tuesdays, we've got the Golden Image podcast, which is Golden J from the United States of Paranormal, uh, the Skywalker, and Chico from the Call Guys. They basically go around places in their local areas, and sometimes they stretch out farther than that. Uh, they go to breweries, restaurants, uh, local events, and just uh, sometimes guitar shops, sometimes just like random places. And they review them. To, uh, they go do things, so you'll go do things. And then on oscillating weeks, what they do is vintage episodes of Golden Image Radio. But that uh, that well is running dry, so they're going to switch it up in a couple months here where Golden Jay is going to be interviewing interesting people doing interesting things. So you'll have that to look forward to. Wednesdays, you got us. Uh, on some weeks, it's not even us. Some weeks, it's Team Boozers, where it is Golden Jazzy J, uh, Bobby, the rocker chick, and uh, Jin, which they've been calling Jin J-Dub. But after this last episode, where I heard her snort multiple times, uh, so much so to where I'm pretty sure she was, at that point, giving uh, Kermit the Frog a hard-on, uh, I, I think they should call her Miss Piggy. I absolutely campaigning for her radio name to be Miss Piggy. Straight up. <laughs> Love her. She's funny. Uh, good Lord. There was a lot. <laughs> Which, you know, we, uh, I guess we don't. I, technically, Matt has a radio name and Bose has Bose. Well, we never really set out radio names. I've been called, I've had a lot of nicknames through time when I worked at uh the cajun cookery i got called boy wonder uh which was back when i was boycotting dc comics so it was kind of a nickname i didn't like when i worked at radio shack they called me the doctor and then i always signed all my art as naggle did you guys ever have any nicknames outside of like the stuff like i know bose you get called bose because it's your last name uh, not really yeah i don't really uh i mean no i don't i don't really have any nicknames uh, that people refer to me as. Yeah, uh, it, there's a bunch of people in our network that do. I mean, Gunner goes by Chico, Colton goes by one one kill for three, or the Emperor calls him uh, Vanilla Thunder. 
Jeremy goes by Golden J, Golden Jazzy J, the Emperor. Like I said, Bobby's the rocker chick. Jay's J Dub. Skylar Skywalker. Like all these, I, I feel like everybody's got radio names but us, basically. I just assumed it was an Indiana thing. I don't know. The last two ones I've called myself the artist formerly known as Nagel, which is technically what I am because I don't uh, I don't draw anymore, so therefore <laughs> I don't sign that anymore. Yeah, we're uh, we're the we're basic bitches of the radio. Here oh, Texas. I went with the basic bitches of radio, and you went with classy. <laughs> so take it out, everyone. Uh, on Thursdays we have. I just did Thursdays, didn't I? No, Thursdays. Indiana Chiefs fans podcast, but they are. They have a few more episodes of that, and then they're going to chill for the season until the season picks back up again because Chiefs just won the Super Bowl, so they don't really have content. It's the offseason. Fridays, you have A Court of Books and Booze, which is Jessica, Skyler, and I want to say, I fucking, I muff it every time. Amanda? I'm sorry if I'm getting it wrong. If your name's not Amanda, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I really am. And then we also, on Fridays, we have The Murder Nerds, which we have Trashly, and we have Alicia and Golden J. Which I guess Alicia doesn't have a podcasting name either. Yeah, see, not everybody has a podcast. And Ashley, name. I call her Trashly. I wouldn't say that's her podcasting name. She doesn't say "Welcome to Murder Nerds." I'm Trashly. So <laughs> she should. Yeah. She should. She absolutely should. You know, claim it, claim it. Uh, and that's it for all the uh, all the podcast out as far as now until Golden Jazzy J whips out a few more. Uh, but that's it for this week. Remember, get out there, submit those questions. Go check us out on socials. Go check out the United States of Paranormal.com. We've got cool merch out there. We've got bios, and you can actually listen to podcasts there. And you can see pictures of us and our team stuff. We still don't have a team picture of Boozers because uh, the Boozers secretly hate us. But uh, this has been Logan. It's Matt. Bad, bad, bad. Let me, let me refer that. It's been Matt. Bows. There you go. Fucking Christ. Remember, people, if you see the train coming, coming around the bin, get off the fucking bridge. <laughs> Keep it spooky. To support other Golden Mojo Entertainment Productions, check out Golden Image Podcast, The Call Guys, and Murd Nerds wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. To see photos and find new episodes of the United States of Paranormal, follow us on our social media. Twitter at T-U-S-O-P-P-O-D or Instagram at the United States of Paranormal and Facebook, the United States of Paranormal. If you have a place that you'd like us to look into or would like to share your spooky story that we can read on the air, please email us at the United States of Paranormal at gmail.com. <laughs>